You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, the Reverend Dr. Matthew Heisey. He's Executive Director for Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Dr. Heisey, thanks for being our guest today. Good to be with you. And you brought along a friend and partner in ministry today, the Reverend Peter Anabadi, Bishop of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in South Sudan, Sudan. Bishop Anabadi, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. It is a, a delight to always hear how the Lord is at work through international partners. And today, Dr. Heisey, we would just we would appreciate an update on how things are going with Lutheran Heritage Foundation, and, and, and we'll also dig into how the Lord is working through LHF with Evangelical Lutheran Church in South Sudan. So just a brief update on what's going uh, on. Briefly speaking, actually, COVID <laughs> continues to rear its ugly head, especially in Southeast Asia and certainly in Europe, which has kind of grounded a few of us. But our uh, coordinator for translations in Africa, the Reverend Dr. Dinku Bato, as, as we speak, is actually on the ground in Yambio, South Sudan, and is uh, this week, I believe he's concluding a course at what is called CLEAM, the Concordia Lutheran Institute for the Holy Ministry, which was established back in 2000. And Peter can talk certainly more about that. But mm. So Dinku is uh, traveling there. He's been to Kenya. Actually, he's from Ethiopia originally, but he can't get into Ethiopia because of COVID issues. So um, he will just be traveling to South Sudan and Kenya on this trip. So tell us about the, the partnership with the Lutheran Church in uh, South Sudan and Sudan. What, what are the needs of the Lutherans there? Well, maybe I should just kind of get, go back to the beginning because, uh, you know, Lutheran Heritage Foundation was founded by Robert Ron in 1992. And a year later, in 1993, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Sudan was founded by Pastor Andrew Mubugo Elisa. And, and, and a year after that, 1994, then uh, Robert Ron, by his request, sent uh, one book of Concord and five small catechisms to Andrew because Andrew was dissatisfied with the Anglican church where, where he served. And he wanted a, a church that actually believed in what it taught. And after reading more and more about what Lutherans believe, that, that church, of course, now became an entity and founded the what I mentioned, the seminary back in 2000. So uh, we have been working with them ever since and working now especially closely these past few years with uh, Bishop Peter Anabadi, who is currently doing a PhD course in missiology at uh, Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne. So, Pastor Anabadi, tell us about the just help us understand the Lutheran Church of South Sudan and Sudan and how the Lord has given growth and uh, to this church throughout the, the this time that Pastor Heisey was just referring. The Lord has been uh, blessing the Lutheran Church of South Sudan and Sudan, especially through the work of the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. You know, LHF was formed to basically translate, publish Lutheran books. But I've always said God had another mission for them, you know, that is organizing and establishing a Lutheran church in South Sudan and Sudan. Without their presence, actually, 
I don't think there would be a confessional Lutheran church in South Sudan. The church there came about uh, during the time of war and uh, it has continued to survive during these war times. And yet the Lord has blessed the work greatly. And uh, we have a membership of 150,000 baptized members now and they organize in uh, 200 congregations, but few pastors, 68 at the moment. But there are 20 men who are graduating this year from the seminary. That's another blessing because we are getting more manpower to go into the fields. And this seminary is also supported by the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. They are the ones who mobilize resources here in the States and also I look for instructors to come and teach our people there. So our partnership has been working uh, very well with them and uh, it's a blessing, you know. It tells us, uh, the partnership tells us that uh, you are not only doing your own thing, but uh, you are together. We are together actually in this mission. And uh, we are so, so excited about this. Tell us more about the, the seminary and the men who uh, are able to be pastors in the church in South Sudan. Uh, could, could you uh, repeat the question? Yeah, tell us more about the seminary and the, the men who are able to be pastors in South Sudan. Yes, the seminary is a residential. It's four years program, three years in class and then one year vicarage. So we normally have one intake because it's a small seminary until that class graduates then we will have another class so next year we are having another class of about 30 or more students who will come this seminary has been operating since 2000 as dr matt heisey indicated the reason for opening this seminary was the shortage of pastors and it's expensive to send pastors to go and study overseas and it's rare for us to get such opportunities also and funding. So that's why we this seminary in Yambio is very important because it's able to teach more men who can go into the fields. But it's amazing, you know, all these men, they come from different uh, places in South Sudan. South Sudan has uh, 64 tribes. And these 64 tribes, they speak their own dialects. And they come and they learn theology in English, of course, at the seminary. But they continue translating uh, this message to their people in the language which they understand. And this is why the Lutheran Heritage Foundation is very important to us because they make the Word of God available to these men in their mother tongue, which they can go and share with the people. So we have a number of people which this man I think we, we, we should always really kind of emphasize, and, and Bishop Peter has made it really clear, how difficult that process is when you have so many different people. And I think there's, what, about 20 students right now? Bishop? Yes, yes. 20, 20 students, and they come from different language groups. So you have to instruct in English. And we, we do use pastors from the LCMS in the United States who travel there, and also some seminary professors. Recently, Dr. Detlef Schultz taught, and I know my old mm -hmm. professor, William Schumacher uh, from Concordia Seminary, has also taught. So we're using people 
who come there and, and then have to, of course, make sure that they are speaking very clearly and it's unpacking all of this information. It's a pretty complex process, but this is what we need. And, and the desire, as, as the bishop can tell you, is great. There, there are just so many congregations that need pastors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pastor Anabati, if there are over 60 languages, did you say over 60 yeah. different languages spoken? Yeah. Wow. How then do these men go about serving congregations too. I mean, if that's just a a challenge at the seminary, I can imagine out in the field what that may be like as well. Do they have congregations where many languages are also spoken? Yeah, especially in big towns, more than one language is used uh, for divine service. Like in Yambia, where I come every Sunday, at least the sermon has to be in two languages. That is in Zande and also Arabic. We do translation. But there are other places where there is only a particular tribe found in that locality. And uh, the pastor, of course, who comes to the seminary, comes from that uh, village. And when he goes back, he will be preaching to his people in their own mother tongue. So it's actually diversity here, unity in diversity. And this is very good also for us because South Sudan is very divided along tribal lines. And we as a church is communicating to the people that we are one. And we are all loved by God, you know, trying to get to fight these uh, tribal conflicts. So the church, I think, is a very good example because you see all faces of different men who are representing different tribes working together. I think it's probably important, uh, Andy and Sarah, to point out, too, that Arabic was the dominant language because there was one country. It was Sudan and I believe an Islamic Republic. And and so with the splitting of the country and, and where Bishop Peter is located, South Sudan, I believe, is the youngest nation in the world. Found with 2012, was that the date? 2011, 2011. So, you know, you have this past where Arabic was kind of the uh, lingua franca, so to speak, but English now becomes very important, especially in South Sudan. That's right, yep. Well, we have more to learn about Lutheran Heritage Foundation and the Lord's work in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in South Sudan, Sudan. We're talking with Reverend Dr. Matthew Heisey and the Reverend Peter Anabati, Bishop of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in South Sudan, Sudan. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Gulseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're talking with Reverend Dr. Matthew Heisey, Executive Director of the Lutheran Heritage Foundation, and the Reverend Peter Anabati, Bishop of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in South Sudan, Sudan. Earlier, 
you had uh, mentioned that we had talked about the just the, the support of Lutheran Heritage Foundation for the seminary and training pastors, uh, educating pastors, so they can go out into the field and serve and, and carry on this holy ministry and how this support from Lutheran Heritage Foundation was really beneficial to those in the seminary. Pastor Heise, how does this help out in the field? How does this support then? What does that look like? What does that make a difference for the people out in the congregations? Well, I, I think, you know, I, I should kind of reiterate once again that this is not something we usually do. We don't start up a seminary in a country. We did actually receive approval from uh, Dr. Dan Matson and Dr. Alan Buckman back in the 1990s to actually go ahead and do this because the need was so great. And uh, the original bishop of the church, Andrew Mabugo Elisa, sadly died of uh, brainstem cancer in on, on New Year's Eve in 2008. And so it, it, it's our, our founder, Robert Ron, really, really feels a, a kinship there. In fact, he will go along with Dr. Bernie Lutz. I mean, these, these guys are intrepid travelers. <laughs> Pastor Ron's 85, and he's going to go uh, this November for the graduation of the class. And, and Dr. Lutz is a sprightly 88. So... Uh, these guys put me to shame, to be honest with you. But but Pastor Ron's heart was really, really tied closely to the people of, of Sudan and South Sudan in particular, uh, because he was so close to Andrew Mubugo Elisa. And, you know, he was only 39 uh, when he died of brainstem cancer. And, you know, the, the church was a bit rudderless until Bishop Peter took over a few years ago. And, and he has really, by God's grace, been God's person for the moment. He has really revived and, and, and provided great leadership for this church. Mm-hmm. So there's so much we have to do in, in South Sudan. Mm-hmm. Bishop, tell us about the, the people that the pastors get to serve. How is, the, how is Lutheranism and the Lutheran Church received among the people in South Sudan and Sudan? You know, the Lutheranism is received greatly among our people. You know, Luther's small catechism is something which is very unique. Many people there come from Christian backgrounds. You know, they they have known the Ten Commandments, the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, and some basic teachings. But when the Lutheran Church comes in with the, this uh, book, Luther's small catechism, and is able to give explanations, you know, what does it mean? Uh, so they, this gives another, you know, uh, another understanding which our people have never heard before. And it creates great zeal and desire in the people, you know, to learn more about what it means uh, to love God and to love. So it is received greatly. Most of the time, even chiefs would write to us and say, we have read from Luther's Catechism. Would you please come and start a Lutheran congregation for us? Uh, a chief is requesting start a Lutheran church for me and my people in my village. And of course, we can't say no. We get that as an opportunity. We go and start the church. That's why we end up with so many churches, but few pastors to take care of the congregations. So Lutheranism is spreading all over South Sudan and Sudan, and we are grateful for what is happening. The only challenge is the living situation of the people. You know, they are struggling with so many things. Members of our churches are not able to support the church financially or support their pastors who do the work because they are either refugees, they are displaced people, 
And with the COVID impact now, it's another thing again, plus flooding, the impact of war, government is not stable. We are struggling with so many things, but the word of God is getting out because that's the only word which gives people hope after this life here. So I would say the church is a great blessing. The Lutheran church is a great blessing to the people of South Sudan. Bishop Peter actually brings up a really good point there, too, about the struggles that people are undergoing because because of tribal warfare, there are also refugees. So his assistant bishop, Simon Gatlokeng, is actually located in Ethiopia, in Gambela. So you have uh, an assistant bishop who's actually a refugee, and uh, there is crossing of the borders there between South Sudan and Ethiopia. But because of all those difficulties, you know, we have many members of this church who are actually in Ethiopia or in Uganda as well, I believe. Yes. Yeah, and at the moment we have uh, more than 100 people who are sheltering at our church in a town called Izov. They have run away from tribal war in Tumbra and they have nowhere to go. So they are actually sleeping in our church shelter. When Sunday comes, they move out. Uh, divine service can be conducted. After that, they get in. And when the weather is good, some can outside because it's congested in. So there are all sorts of problems we are dealing with. Bishop, what do you hope to see next for the for Lutherans in, in South Sudan and Sudan? Uh, we would like to see a very strong Lutheran church established in South Sudan and so existing among all the tribes and different ethnic groups. And there are 10 states in South Sudan, and at the moment we are operating in seven of those states. And we hope to get to those states where the Lutheran church has not reached. And in Sudan, we are operating in three of the states, and there are 15 states, but mostly dominated by Muslims. And we want to see the Lutheran Church getting to those areas where it has not been. Mm -hmm. We've actually had, a, I believe it was a few years ago, I saw the sad pictures of a couple, a couple of those Lutheran churches in Khartoum that were bulldozed by mm-hmm. Islamic government. Uh, so these are, these are real everyday problems of persecution mm-hmm. that the bishop and the congregants have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Dr. Heisey, what do you see in, in the future of this partnership about, between LHF and the, the Lutheran Church in South Sudan and Sudan? Well, we've been doing a lot of heavy lifting, I guess you could say, for quite a few years. And we're really happy now that especially Reverend Shawin Trump, the regional director for the Office of International Mission in East Africa, is providing support for the seminary as well. And and so we've had some real, real good conversations. And when Bishop Peter takes his trips over to Fort Wayne, because he periodically crosses the ocean for those intensive classes, which he just completed, he of course, has to fly through Nairobi, and he gets a chance to meet with Reverend Trump and, uh, of course, our, our own office is there. But I think the future, we're, we're really looking for a very close relationship with the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. The bishop last week, I believe it was, or a couple of weeks ago, was in St. Louis with the CTCR discussing altar and pulpit fellowship, and I believe a decision will be reached in December. So we're really hope that by the time the next LCMS presidential convention takes place, that the Evangelical Lutheran Church of South Sudan, Sudan, would also be uh, a fellow partner church with the LCMS. 
Bishop Anabadi, what would that mean for you and your brothers and sisters in South Sudan and Sudan to have that partnership? It would mean a lot to the Evangelical Lutheran Church in South Sudan and Sudan because we have been waiting for this for so many years. Our founding bishop applied since 1998. You can see we have been on the queue for more than uh, 25 years. And, uh, you know, it will be a great joy to be part of the LCMS. As I said, the mission of God, you know, is not one person doing his own thing, but we are all together in this. And God has called us uh, to serve him. And when we serve him, of course, we serve him through uh, one another. So... And it will help us to strengthen our theological education also back home. We'll have more opportunities and maybe direct contacts with the synod officials because we want a church which is grounded on scripture, which can defend, you know, the Christian faith in the face of so many challenges which are coming up. And we see the LCMS as, as a partner who can help us to achieve that goal. We, we also feel, you know, like protected when we are part of this bigger church. We don't feel like we are just isolated in South Sudan, but we want to be part of the universal church. That is part of the joy. Mm -hmm. Dr. Heise, yeah. can you give us an idea of, of what that partnership actually looks like with the Lutheran Church of South Sudan in Sudan? You mentioned that, that very involved in the seminary. What does that, what does that actually look like in a, in a day to day procedures? Well, there it, it begins in the early morning with with morning prayer at, at the seminary. So those those classes begin, and they carry on. Previously, we used to actually they used to gather outside under the trees and and pull some uh, chairs up. But now, uh, through uh, some very faithful donors, uh, we've been able to build some buildings where they can actually go inside. And we're actually hopeful. Uh, we've been testing, I know the bishop's been testing some long distance uh, conversations so that if we get, as we get a more reliable internet connection, we can actually conduct courses long distance. Zoom, of course, is, is very helpful in that regard. So, you know, th those are things that we're, we're trying to do. We try to assist with some type of church structures and, and predominantly what Lutheran Heritage Foundation was founded for was to, to get those Lutheran books into the languages of the people. So you can see the task we have ahead of us. The bishop just said they have 64 variants and we are working in 11 languages from Acholi to Zande, from A to Z within South Sudan. So we, we've got a lot on our plate, many, many more languages to, to get to the people. So as Luther would say, we would be able to teach the gospel, the Juan gospel in the heart language. of the Pastor Heise, with just about another minute left, other updates or anything else you'd like to share with us from Lutheran Heritage Foundation as we look forward to the, the close of this year and the, the start of a new year? Well, quickly, actually, we have been scouring to find our, our Dari, a book of prayer. We, ha we have a book for uh, that language among Afghans because so many refugees are coming here. Initially, there were many in Europe. So we actually have the uh, Lutheran Church in Finland shipping us copies of our books back here. Uh, because in Albion, Michi Michigan, there will be actually a, a group of uh, children, maybe 150 or so coming to that city. And so we, we have opportunities through health services in Michigan to provide Christian literature. And uh, since the young children speak, can read Farsi, which is the language of Iranians, they can actually read that. It's so close to Dari. We have those children's Bible story books as well for them. 
Lutheran Heritage Foundation. You can find more information at lhfmissions.org. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Matthew Heisey, Executive Director for LHF Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Dr. Heisey, thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you. And the Reverend Peter Anabadi, Bishop of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in South Sudan and Sudan. Bishop Anabadi, thank you so much for being our guest. Thanks very much for having me. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.